0: down los angeles you are locked on rams your daily los angeles rams podcast part of the locked on podcast network rams nation welcome back it's your boy bear mater of rams podcast but this is locked on rams this is the friday edition of locked on rams we've got a good one for you today I've got an interview coming up with NFL insider Chad Forbes. He's going to talk to us a little bit about the draft and some of the pickups that we've made so far this offseason and who he thinks is going to have the biggest impact. As well as that, I want to get to a little bit of the press conference that happened yesterday for the newest wide receiver Brandon Cooks. So I'm going to pull some audio from that and kind of dig into that a bit. Guys, don't forget, reach out to me on Twitter at LA Rambling Bear. You can reach us by email as well if you don't have Twitter. That is LockedOnRams at gmail.com. Questions, comments, concerns, I want to hear about it. We are part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. If you guys haven't checked it out, jump around the network, see what else we got going. The NFL Draft Podcast is great. Um, also, we have our overall NFL podcasts. And then you can jump over to basketball, baseball. I know they're working on baseball, putting together a lot of teams. So if you're a Dodger fan, I know they're trying to put that together. But hey, they got a Cubs one. Go check that out. Slow start to the season, but we still got high expectations. And it's basketball season, almost playoffs. If you haven't heard much about the Kyrie Irving injury, go check it out on Locked On Celtics. He's got a great piece on that today as well. So lots of stuff going on Locked On Network. We appreciate you being here with Locked On Rams. With that, I want to get into our newest edition. Brandon Cooks landed today. They had the press conference. They went over some things. They talked about how it went down. Uh, They talked about what type of person he is. Uh, Les Snead at one point even said uh, if his son grows up and ends up being half the type of person that Brandon Cooks has been explained to him by many as that he would be a proud father. So uh, a lot of great things being said about Brandon Cooks today. And then when asked about his future and what he sees here in LA, this was his answer.
1: And now being here with Coach McVeigh and Les, um, I mean, it's, it's a special opportunity. And to be closer to home, being back on the West Coast where the sun is shining every single day, uh, you can't complain about that. And uh, so as far as making his home, I, you know, absolutely. I, I, I love to do that. And at the end of the day, you know, that will take care of itself as well. I just want to come in, go to work, and do what I have to do to help this team win.
0: I love it. Tough question to answer for him Obviously, he did a great job with that as far as saying he wants to be here. Uh, He's going to let everything else work itself out. I think the Rams, listening to this press conference, they've put a lot of thought into acquiring that number one receiver. I think Odell Beckham was a dream, and if it worked, it would have been great. But I think we just had to give up too much with Brandon Cooks, a guy that they've wanted for a while now. Lesney talked about that going back to uh, before the 2017 season, even having an eye for him. But we just didn't have that first-round pick to go ahead and make that trade then. Les Snead also talked about the future plans. You know, he doesn't want to sign these guys and bring all his young core in just to let him go and walk out the door. Uh, you know, like we saw with some of the younger guys with Tremaine and Sammy Watkins as they, you know, we put them on big one-year deals and then let him walk. I think moving forward, they want to see more of stability with the team. Les kind of touched on that. And then when asked about Aaron Donald... Uh, you know, he said hey, we didn't forget about that man. Uh, we know we we've worked him into the budget So they're gonna have some good stuff there. One of my favorite quotes from Les this year I want to play it for you here coming up was talking about future and last year and all the expectations and here's less need kind of addressing those concerns
1: Simply put 2018 is important. We're, we definitely want to repeat as NFC champions, but like you mentioned I, I even think Vincent, you may have written something this morning. That a lot of the players we've acquired are young, and you know, let's call it, have evolved to be in the prime of their careers, and we'd love to 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 take advantage at over that. You know, not just eighteen, but 19, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, and moving forward. And you're always going to have to look into the future and 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 see how you adjust and manage situations. But I know, uh, starting with Kevin Demoff. And, and Tony Pastors they do an unbelievable job of managing the cap and and we're we have plenty of space over the next few years to you know lock up these guys for the long term and then have this core together and, and that's the goal but yeah 2018 is important 19 is very important and and I think Sean and I've been saying the whole time that you know guess what it's 18 but we're still 11 wins behind the 17 season. So just cause we've had a, let's call it a a flashy 2018 off season doesn't mean that we're any better this year than we were last year because we're 11 11 games behind last year's teams. But it's up to us to start here in the next couple weeks like we did last year and make sure we win 12 or more.
0: Wow, that's some good stuff from Les Snead. I love it. Um, The mindset is, you know, we're here in 2018, but we're 11 wins behind 2017. And I love that mindset just because we won 11 games last year, because we won the NFC West Championship, because we stockpiled all these trades and got all these defensive weapons and added Brandon Cooks at the wideout. We're not guaranteed anything. You know, he's saying that we still got to go out there, win the games. It starts now with the practices coming up here with OTAs and everything like that. I loved it. 11 wins behind last year. That's the mindset is they're behind already in 2018. They're not looking and going, we're ahead of 2017. They're behind. They're 11 wins behind. I love that mindset from Les Snead. Those conversations going back with Les Snead, Kevin Demoff, and Sean McVay are, have got to be awesome to listen to. Just, just how... Motivated they are to continue to get better. You've seen it with the roster moves, and then just hearing Les need say, "You know, we're not fools. We've we, got a lot of cap room behind us. Demoff's done an amazing job with the money, and they expect to get some of these guys to stay multi-year deals um, in the next couple of years. They're looking at a long-term plan here. Makes me feel a little bit better. I know everyone's freaking out about AD online and and in the media. I think everyone can re- relax and uh, just let these guys go do what they're doing." best right now and that's making great deals and building an amazing team for the 2018 roster. So super excited about all that. With that said, I want to transition over to the chat I had yesterday with Chad Forbes. You can find him at NFL Draft Bites. Go give him a follow. He's got great NFL insight. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Chad Forbes. Enjoy it guys. All right, Rams Nation, I'm super excited about our guest today. I've got Chad Forbes with us. Uh, he covers the NFL. He does some scouting uh, into the draft. Chad, thanks for joining us. How are you doing today, bud?
2: Doing great. Thank you for having me.
0: No, no worries. I appreciate you coming on. Everyone, go give Chad a follow. It's at NFL Draft Bites on Twitter. Um, do you have anywhere else that you're writing or anywhere else we could find you?
2: Uh, NFL Draft Bites is it. I like to keep it short and sweet the way you do your podcast. So.
0: I, I, I love it. I love it. Go check him out on Twitter. He puts up a lot of great information. You caught my attention with some of the Rams news that had been breaking and some of the stories you've been sharing. Right off the bat, uh, you know, weird weird feeling today. We didn't break any announcements of any new major blockbuster trades. So a little quiet here in Rams Nation today. Um, but overall thoughts about what we've done so far this offseason here in L.A. with the addition.
2: Well, they're definitely letting town know that the Rams are back. I think they're, uh, you know, bring a lot of buzz and intrigue to the football world. And you know, just yesterday it's Brandon Cooks, and you know, earlier Akeem Tlaib and Marcus Peters. They're uh, they're going after it with this window they've got, where Jared Goff's still going to be on that rookie contract. And uh, you know, they got they got to be winning the town out over. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think it's funny to hear kind of Rams Nation on Twitter going back and forth about all the moves. And you, you want to think back a few years when. Um, You know, there was none of this noise, and it was Jeff Fisher running the show, and now we've got all these big names coming, and it seems you you can't win whether you're adding pure talent or you're drafting. Someone's going to be upset about the process. But overall, I feel like Rams Nation is really excited and wants to get out on the field and see what everyone can do. Taking a look at the names you just mentioned, you know, Tlaib, Peters, you know, signing Dominican Sioux, uh, making the big deal yesterday and getting that number one wide receiver with Brandon Cooks. Looking at those four guys that we've added, who do you see making the biggest impact next year for the Rams uh, coming to a new city? Yeah, you know, it's tough to answer. I think that Sue's going to provide a you know, real dynamic interior presence and they're going to have no, you know, no trouble pressuring
2: the quarterback from the inside. It's hard to say who's going to make the biggest impact. I think Cooks will really help that offense. I think he's a lot more consistent than Sammy Watkins. And, uh, you know, they got him for a fraction of the price. the you know, talks that there's an extension might be coming sooner rather than later. But I think all these guys are going to have a big impact, and that's why I think they're kind of bold moves by Les Snead, but they make sense in just the direction of where this team wants to go.
0: Definitely. And one of the things that I saw that I found pretty interesting on your uh, Twitter profile is uh, you said you're permanently worried about all 32 teams' O-lines. Taking a look at the Rams' O-line, there's some age there. Obviously, we traded up our number one pick. Uh, We've got... Uh, four picks in the first four rounds and then four picks in the sixth as well how do you feel about the Rams o-line right now and then you know looking at the draft is that something where where they're drafting they could add value there
2: well I mean I think you hit it down the head you know the offensive line you got Whitworth to be 36 entering the season Sullivan who they just re-signed 33 and Saffold will be 30 entering a contract year, and then both those guys on the right side, Jamon Brown and Havenstein, will both be free agents next off season. And you just don't know where these guys kind of fall in the priority of the players they want to keep going forward. So, you know, they've got to swing on a couple of offensive linemen in the middle rounds. They didn't last year. They didn't actually select an offensive lineman, I believe. And uh, you know, if you look at two thousand eighteen, they don't really have necessarily the answers for the right side of that offensive line today, but I'm sure they've got something in their uh in their back pocket, and they're thinking of adding a couple guys in the draft.
0: Yeah, is there anyone in that mid-range, you know, we all kind of know the top few names in that O-line um, category. Is there anyone you think that might slip, you know, into that third round, fourth round that the Rams could go and look at, and maybe, you know, maybe he's a developmental guy, and he sits for a year, and then we can get him in? Uh, the guy that I've heard they're in on, to a couple guys, uh, Braden Smith who is a tackle at Auburn,
2: probably played guard in the NFL. Uh, Brandon Parker, who is from North Carolina A&T, he's probably a right tackle prospect. They've shown some interest in him. And then there's a guy like Joseph Noboom from TCU. It's, uh, it's a pretty good offensive line class in the mid rounds in terms of developmental guys. And uh, you got to trust Aaron Cromer to get that guy ready to play for 2019, that's for sure.
0: Definitely, and and I think that's where they're going to have to make some hay. I don't know if they're going to if they have enough to really package anything and move, you know, sooner in the draft. I know they've got four, six rounds, but I don't know how far that's going to get them. I don't know if they want to dig too much into their next year. You know, obviously they've got a lot of young talent um, that's coming up into needing to uh, reup their contracts. So I think they're going to have to look into the draft and actually. You know, hang on to some of these picks at some point. You know, we've we've gone now two years in a row without a number one pick. And I think they're going to want to hang on to it at some point. As you look at their draft needs, and kind of everyone here in Rams Nation is screaming out linebacker, linebacker. If they don't decide to go offensive line, which I think they will kind of dabble back and forth a little bit. Are there in that same area, would you would you look to go linebacker first? Is there is there value there in the third round more than... O-liner. It's interesting, in the
2: couple of mock,
0: mock drafts that I've done where I've gotten into that kind of this round
2: four range and just looking at the guys where I have them placed on my board, not saying the Rams do, but just looking at guys that would fit the Rams that I have valued in there, there's a lot of interesting fits for them in that 87 to 136 range where they've got four picks. And I think you're right, they got to hit on linebacker somewhere. I think it's less of a pressing need, um, I guess, then, you know, the mainstream people out there, because, you know, Wade has a kind of track record of putting guys in the middle of the defense. They do an okay job for him. His, his need is, you know, sit the edge rusher. But, you know, they're, they're pretty high on a boot come for the draft last year out of Eastern Washington. Yeah, uh, Could they back a Connor Barwin or maybe go after a junior Gallette? That's possible. Um, and then kind of point to what you said about where, you know, their flexibility in moving around the draft. If they wanted to move up from 87 conceivably – they are probably going to be receiving two compensatory third round picks next year. So even though they've given up their second round pick in that Peters trade, they're still going to have some future picks to play with, but I don't see them moving off up from 87. I think they're going to sit there and wait patiently and just see who falls to them.
0: So let's put you in the seat, 87, you're on the clock. You know, looking at those mock drafts like you said, obviously we never really know what's really going to happen. Things are going to kind of shift around, but where do you go at number 87 if you're the Rams and you've got that pick?
2: know, yeah, it's hard to say who's going to be available, I guess, but I think that that's the – I wouldn't want to be sitting there waiting to see which offensive linemen fall through to 111 or having to trade up from there. So I would probably take a developmental right-left tackle type, uh, whether it's a Brandon Parker from North Carolina A&T or a Joseph Noteboom from TCU, uh, maybe even a Braden Smith from Auburn who – probably a guard, could play tackle. But I would take an offensive lineman there because just the situation contract-wise next year um, really makes developing one of these guys fairly important.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. And, and you know, we had one of the the few NFL teams last year that had every, I think maybe the only NFL team that had every starter start every game on the O-line. And, and when that happens one year, it's kind of one of those things where you just feel like what's going to happen the next. It's not something that happens very often uh, to get that consistency in the O-line. So I'm with you. I think at that point I would love to see, as boring as a pick as an offensive lineman is, it's so necessary and so needed, uh, especially on a, a line. You know, and
2: speaking of that, this consistent starting group last year, I thought that Aaron Cromer and Sean McVeigh did an incredible job just getting that offensive line to play better. It's not, you know, sure, they added the left tackle, and that helps, but you look at Saffold. I mean, he had a rebound here. He... I mean, I think you might end up being, being a Pro Bowl alternate. Uh, Havenstein had looked great last year. You know, he even got, you know, some up-and-down play, but Jamon Brown looked good in stretches. I right. mean, I think they're doing a really good job there, the way they're coaching the guys they've got, but they really don't have any depth behind it. So definitely that's going to be a focus. And I think it'll also be a focus later in free agency as well.
0: No, I totally agree. And uh, even with the, the point of the coaches and what they've gotten out of, out of that team, and I think that goes back to, Everyone out here just all on the, the coaching train hype and really buying into it, what McVay's done. I mean, uh, Jeff Fisher had some of the same crew. Obviously, you throw in that big left tackle there, and it really helps a lot. And Soli was a big key for us in the center position, really kind of uh, had some great leadership there. But as you mentioned, who knows how long. One, they're going to stay healthy, and, and two, how much they got left in the career. So building those guys behind them is going to be you know highly important. You know, looking down the road in the division, um, it seems like a silly question, but I kind of want to pitch it to you. What do you see as this NFC West kind of breaks down? Um, You know, I think everyone out here in L.A. has the Rams by far on top, you know, with with some distance. But how do you see this division breaking out and who's going to be the biggest uh, challenge to the Rams this coming season? You know, I think there's definitely an, an arms race in the NFC
2: West with the 49ers and the Rams and it's interesting cuz they kind of overlap a bit schematically with McVay and Shanahan and you know they're both teams that now have their young quarterbacks and are kind of excited to enter a new era. I think that's just going to be a really awesome rivalry to see over the next few years. And then up in Seattle, they're really at this critical juncture and Pete Carroll, you know, he's been there for a long time. John Schneider they've done a good job, but you can't deny their their ability to draft and develop talent. It's 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 regressed. And now all of a sudden they're making huge shifts in their personnel in terms of on that coaching staff, you know, and saying goodbye to Sherman, which is probably a smart move. So I think Seattle's going to take a step back. At least that's conventional logic. And, you know, if if they don't take a step back, if they're ultimately competitive with the Rams and the 49ers in 2018, then that's going to be a heck of a job by John Schneider and Pete Carroll. But I think the Rams are clearly the best team in the NFC West
0: today. And uh, Arizona, I just, I mean, that's just an awful situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's about where, I've, I've asked a ton of people that question, and uh, we're getting a lot of similar answers, I think, as you kind of look at how this is kind of stacking up and you're seeing what the Seahawks are doing. And then by the time everyone gets to Arizona, they're almost out of breath with, you know, what do I say about them? You know what I mean? They, they're they giving um, you know Bradford $20 million as, as part of their reboot. I don't really, I don't really get it, but... Um, You know, I guess that's why we play the games on Sunday. We'll find out. And I don't mind uh, playing a team that's really, really bad twice a year out here in L.A., so no complaints from me. Um, You know, if I were
2: the coach, it's kind of horrible to say because it's the NFL and you're supposed to compete every year. But transitioning this year, maybe tanking would not be the right (laughs) word, but transitioning to rebuilding that roster might make a little bit of sense.
0: Yeah, no, and I'm kind of with you on I think if they – if they were planning that they could have tanked with Bradford with just a little cheaper, but um, I'm with you. I think they've got to figure out a, a pretty good reboot there um, to kind of change. Cause it wasn't long ago, maybe even a year, two years ago when they were <clears throat> preseason kind of hyped up as being this team to watch with a nasty defense. And, you know, if Carson Palmer was healthy and Larry Fitz and, and David Johnson, and we all saw how that happened with injuries and, you know, Car- Carson Palmer getting old really, really fast. so, Look at the Cardinals, and I know this is a random podcast, but no, look right. at where they, where they went wrong. They
2: started gambling on their ability, and they started taking the Robert Necumdich, and then and, and gambling on guys with character issues. You know, they hit so well on Tyron Mountain, it's like, oh, sure, we'll take a, you know, Robert Necumdich, who jumped out his hotel window, or, oh, yeah,
0: we'll take DJ Humphrey. No problem, he doesn't know how to play offensive of lines, a good <laughs> athlete. And it just fired really badly so as we 're talking and, and transitioning from you know old Carson Palmer and, and what we saw on the back end of that uh, career as you get old, looking at this draft class coming in and this is kind of a hypothetical, and you don 't have to answer it as far as, as far as the Rams go, but you know it was, wasn 't too long ago the Rams traded up to number one pick, and it was between two guys this year with the NFL and the draft. it feels like it 's between like four to five guys almost depending on you know, the scheme and the system and, and the type of quarterback you're looking and where you want to pick. How do you see this playing out as far as, you know, maybe the order in which it's taken or how do you grade these quarterbacks coming out? Really, my question would have been, like, if the Rams were in this draft in number one position, which way would they have gone? But I'm just curious your thoughts on the quarterbacks that are coming out this year. Yeah, It's a great quarterback class. Nobody wants to say that because they don't want
2: name to saying, oh, I love these guys because they're still... You know, majority of them are underclassmen besides Baker and Mayfield, so they might be a little bit of time away. They're not, you know, necessarily completely ready to jump in there uh, day one. But there's a lot of talent at the position, even down to the second tier quarterbacks, like Lamar Jacksons and Mason Rudolphs and Luke Falk, and it's a really good quarterback class. And history dictates that you know teams need that need quarterbacks are willing to go up for them. So I think the quarterbacks are going to go early, and that should probably push some good defensive players down the board and. I think the teams that are sitting there in that 7 to 10 range are, all have their you know franchise quarterback and are pretty excited about the idea of four quarterbacks throwing in the top
0: six. Yeah, definitely, and I think that was part of um, you know people out here in L.A. when we gave up that 23rd pick is you started to think that, yeah, it's the 23rd pick, but if there's five quarterbacks taken before that, you know, you're somehow sliding up the draft board as far as players that you could potentially get. But obviously they saw value in Brandon Cooks. They've been going after him for a while now. Um, and this has been in the works for a little bit. So they're happy with that. I think we're happy with that. Um, just to kind of stick you to one, if you there's were to also, pick. There's also value.
2: There's significant value in this draft of being in the end of the fourth round in that compensatory area at like 136 yeah. relative to being at 198. Uh, just the way you know, this draft falls, there's going to be some good value in round four that you
0: won't necessarily step through to round six. So if you're at the number one pick and you've got to take quarterback, who would you take? What's my contract say? How many years am I under contract? <laughs> and that,
2: that's really what it is. I mean, John Dorsey, I heard a great quote uh, that he wasn't hired to select Saquon Barkley first overall. He was hired to figure out which one of these quarterbacks can lead the Browns back to, yeah, back to respectability. I'd have to know what Todd Haley and Hugh Jackson think of Josh Allen. I love Josh Allen's physical tool set. I concede that he's a year away. Right. But if Todd Haley bought into him is that I see a young Ben Novelsberger, and you know Hugh Jackson you know, shaking his head agreeing because I think Hugh's, yeah, Hugh's opinion in that building doesn't carry much weight, I'd be really tempted to take Josh Allen first overall, and then I'd probably get to draft day, and unlike Kevin Costner in the movie,
0: I'd probably end up taking, you know, I'd be up in the air, and then I'd probably end up just taking Sam Darnold. <laughs> there you go. I like the, mo- the movie quote as well. Um, well, Chad, hey, I appreciate you taking out the time and talking some football with us. Uh, guys, make sure to go give him a follow on Twitter. It's at NFL Draft uh, He's always putting up great content and stuff that you're not thinking about with numbers and draft uh, info. So go check him out. Give him a follow. Um, shoot him a question if you want. He's great responding on Twitter. So, Chad, I appreciate you taking the time. And as we get closer to the draft, I'll give you a call, see if you want to come back on or maybe post-draft, and we'll have some more talk.
2: All right, great. Well, thank you for the time, and that was some good insight, and uh, look forward to speaking to you in the future.
0: Awesome. Take it easy, Chad. Appreciate it. Well, there you have it, Rams Nation. That is the Friday edition of Locked On Rams. Again, check out the rest of the network of Locked On, MLB, NBA, NFL, of course. Lots of great content. I'll be back next week. I've got some great guests alongside of James Kroger, co-host of Rams Podcast. I'm going to bring on Jeff Biggs, formerly of ESPN Radio, now of NBC Sports Radio. You can find him on Sirius XFM, channel 205. He'll be with us next week as well as Mike from the Fantasy Footballers. We're trying to get that one locked in uh, for next week as well. So if you guys have any questions for the guests coming up, let me know. We're going to have a fantasy episode, so if you have fantasy questions, reach out to me at at LA underscore Rambling Bear, at LockedOnRams on Twitter, and then shoot me an email, LockedOnRams at gmail.com. Questions, comments, concerns, let me know. I'll be more than happy to ask your question on the show. Reach out to me at any point. But that's all for today, guys. With that said, go have a great weekend. Enjoy your Friday. Enjoy the rest of the day. Stockpile your weekend with Ndamukong Sioux highlights, Brandon Cooks highlights, get Jack for the season. It's getting closer and closer every day. We'll talk some more draft next week. We'll share the Ndamukong Sioux press conference and more. But you know what time it is, Rams Nation. Till next time. Peace.